You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mikey A. God bless football, Mike Golick. Ooh. God bless football, men. I am so excited that football is within 100 days. <laughs> yeah, we're inside 100 days. That's something, yes. though, Mike. Yes, it is. <laughs> we're getting yes, there. It. This is about the time when, well, maybe not right now, but it was sometime in June, maybe about halfway through June, when I had to go to camp, usually halfway through July, I started getting antsy and my wife was ready for me to get the hell out of the house. Because you start kind of getting built up, you start kind of getting a little short fused, you know, you kind of know you got to get into the heat and start hitting again. And she would be like, go ahead, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and go early to camp? Which of right. course I never did, but you kind of get that, get that antsy feeling a little bit. Mike, would you do anything in terms before you were headed into camp, knowing that you weren't going to spend a lot of time with your family? You just you had to focus on football. So I know that Tahoe trip that we take every year, that's an opportunity for a lot of current players, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Travis Kelsey, to kind of blow off some steam before they head off to training camp and they head off uh, to participate in the NFL season. Uh, did you take a trip like that before you would head to camp? Like, what'd you do? Um, uh, I certainly didn't play. I get to play in that tournament this year. I certainly didn't get to play it while I was playing. I wasn't that good, good enough right. player to get invited to it. Uh, football player, I mean. Um, so, yeah, those guys, it has to be a ball. Yeah, you, you try and now, – now, for some of my career, there were no kids. I got it in the league in 85, and then Mike came around in 89 and Jake in 90. So, we, we would always try and – do something, kind of get away, just kind of forget about everything. Because, listen, you know, it's it's the part that nobody sees. 
Now, all of a sudden, you know, your your significant other, if you have kids, is home alone with them. They they have to take care of everything, the household, the kids, the whole deal while you're gone at training camp. So it's kind of on them as well that they could use a little breather before that's going to hit. It's not just on me that had to go to camp. So, yeah, you definitely do try and put yourself, Stu, in a position of a relaxed state. And I don't think – I think it's more mental than anything else. It's like I'll sit there on the couch more and say, "Well, I don't want to walk around and and you know and and wear my legs out." It's like right. I'm not gonna wear your legs out just walking around. I'm not going to run a marathon, but you do all that stuff kind of mentally, saying, "I'm saving up. I'm getting more sleep at night because I'm storing my sleep, you know, for camp." It's it's ridiculous what goes through your mind as well as retirement every single year when training camp starts. You think about retiring, saying, what the hell am I doing? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've been in the league for 15 years or one. Training camp, unless you're a quarterback because you don't get hit, and training camp makes you seriously think about what the hell you're doing with your life. Wait, Mike, are you saying, like, after your rookie year, you doubted whether or not you wanted to come back and do that again? Oh, I mean, no, you don't doubt you want to go, but once you're in it, once you get to camp, there will be days when you're like, Oh my God, you know, what, what, what am I doing? You know, and now if you're tagging that now, you love playing football, don't get me wrong, but now right. you're at the, the, the part where it's a, your business and you want to, you want to maximize that. So if you're making a few million dollars a year, you're like, okay, you know, but you know, my, after my, my second year, I was making $70,000, which, you know, I'm, I'm making money, sure. but it's not like I'm making millions of dollars, but I'm also not thinking, well, I'm going to find something else to do for 70000 not beat up my body, because this this was all I knew to do. So you thought it, but it never really – you never really meant it, but you thought it. There's no doubt as you're lugging your pads – and this is back when you hit during two-a-days, and sometimes you had three-a-days. You had a special team practice in the middle of it. When you're lugging your freaking equipment – to the locker room and dripping sweat. You are. You're sitting there going, what the hell am I doing? In two hours, I got to put all this crap back on and start hitting people again. It's a, it's a daunting thing. I, I absolutely hated, hated training camp. Stugatz, Mike was also in the unique situation where after his second year, teams were also wondering if they wanted him back. <laughs> I've missed you, Billy. I've really missed you. I've missed you so much. I got a feeling I'm really going to have to be on Golic's side today because I have a feeling you two have got plenty planned for him. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. well, well, we don't have anything planned for Golic. We do this by the seat of our pants. I don't know uh-huh. what you're talking I about. I miss yeah. him. If, if, and Mike, yeah. you won't believe this. I was defending you before you got on. Defending me from what? What What was I getting ripped for? Stugatz, uh, kind listen, of... I'll say it, Billy. I, it, it was my, it was me ripping him, and Billy did defend you, okay? Even though, uh, even though he didn't take more than five minutes to take a shot at you. Uh, but, Billy, I was saying, like, you're always sending the text first. Hey, we doing Gobbo's football? And we're already in the Zoom waiting for you. And you're always the last one after you send that text. I, I, I just finished a show with my son, man. What do you want me to do? I just I literally just finished with them, and I text Billy to say, has the invite been sent? I should have looked first before I text. I'm sorry I didn't do yeah. that. Yeah, Billy God said forbid, that last night. Yeah. God forbid I have other stuff that I have to do that you're not the main focus of my life, Stu. Okay? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Because because you are a person, listen, and, and I should feel bad because I know every time I call you, you have to return my call immediately or my text immediately. 
So I, I am sorry for not uh, for ghosting you because you never do that. Uh, <laughs> Stugatz is just lashing out, Mike, because he's worried that he's going to lose you to his son, to be honest. Yeah. Why? why there's no reason. That you, you have nothing, A, to fear about that. Okay. And B, man, you're still on top of the world, man. I you have... watched your daughter win a national championship. For Northwestern lacrosse. And oh, by the way, that was such a great picture of you and your daughter. It was a phenomenal picture. Like I said, I, I wish I could have had that picture with Mike and Jake after the Alabama game. Instead of hugging them, I had to beat them. Yeah, for they the shit beating the that bed. They took. Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, he loves you. <laughs> oh, boy. I found it up. But no, that was, that was a great picture. And the thing about it is... You could repeat that picture three more times. They're I that know. good, man. I know. I mean, your daughter went from the number one, what, travel team or whatever it was that you yes. coached in the country mm -hmm. to being a big-time recruit to winning a national championship as a true freshman. I mean, man, that's pretty sweet. It was uh, it was an amazing moment and experience and weekend for uh, for our entire family. And you're right, Mike. I told her when she went there, uh, go for eight, which means you get four Big Ten championships and four national championship wow. rings, right? Wow. And so yeah. she's two for two so far. It yeah. was it was such a uh, special moment. And listen, there is some NFL stuff to talk about. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, the Raiders, and Brady. Uh, Chris Sims's quarterback ratings. I mean, yeah. You see what he's up to now. I mean, he is really <laughs> pissing Billy off. But you too, Mike. We had a great lacrosse weekend. Yeah. Uh, you also had a great lacrosse weekend. And by the way, congratulations uh, to Northwestern, to my daughter, to the entire team, to Kelly Amante Hiller, who won her eighth national championship yeah. Yeah. and is our guest on Stupidity this week. But. Um, you had a weekend too, Mike. Notre Dame, the men's lacrosse team, the Kavanaugh twins. Yeah. Nothing is more Notre Dame than the Kavanaugh twins. <laughs> the Kavanaugh family, man. I mean, yeah. so many of them. Uh, it, it, what, a, what a lacrosse family they are. And it was great. After they, they played John, Johns Hopkins in the semifinals, the first thing Jake and Mike started texting one another and they had their reservations made. They both flew out uh, to Philly and, and both were at the game. Kevin Korg, I graduated in 85. Kevin Corrigan, the coach, took over that program in 88. It's yes. his 35th year. He's been to the national title game a few times. And, oh, by the way, it's been Duke who's beaten him there. Mm -hmm. And he finally got that first national championship. And it couldn't be cooler. The Kavanaugh family and the Kavanaugh brothers, it, it was very cool. But they have the best goalie in the, in the, in the country. And he's named after a pastry. Liam Eneman. How great is that? Oh, I mean, great. the man should have an incredible NIL sponsorship with, with Enemans, right? Yes. With the whole box of donuts and everything. But uh, it was awesome. I, I I was very happy for Kevin Corrigan. Why don't you help the kid get it done? I mean, yeah. you got some you got some. Well, pull. I mean, I don't know. Is he? I have to find out. Is he? I don't know if he's done or if he's coming back. If he's coming back, I'm definitely going to work on a deal for him for sure. Okay. Uh, I want to tell you something, though, okay? <sighs> Oh, you know, I have a personal out. record book, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah. Well, I do have a personal record book, and I have an update. We are very close to getting this personal record book actually done and on bookshelves. Are there still bookshelves? Put it on the poll, Billy. Are there sure. still bookshelves? Um, but we are very close to getting it done. Your national championship, and I appreciate all the kind words you had 
about me and my daughter oh, and the Northwestern lacrosse team. Again, they won their eighth national championship. Uh, but yours, because of that lousy call in the semifinal game against John Hopkins, okay, where your player who scored the game-winning goal in overtime to get you to the finals was so clearly in the crease. Oh. And it wasn't called, and it's not reviewable. And that's an NCAA problem, okay, because they need to change that rule and make that play a reviewable play. I will tell you that my personal record book has a committee, and that committee is currently discussing whether or not that national championship is indeed going to count for Notre Dame or not because wow. I maintain they had no business being in the final. You know? Wait a minute. Aren't you, I feel like you're mixing up plays. Isn't that the play in the Duke-Penn State game? That no. the dude from Duke was in the crease scoring the goal that was non-reviewable, which, by the way, they need to change. You can't be on championship weekend have a play that the Duke player's foot was clearly in the crease when he scored the game winner. Uh, That should have been possession Penn State because that's what I heard from a lot of people was, oh, Notre Dame isn't the true champ because they would have lost to Penn State. Well, how the hell you know that? A, you don't even know if Penn State would have won the game. You know, they would have got possession then, but you don't know if they would have won the game. And even if they did, you have no no clue that they would have beaten Notre Dame. I think you're mixing up your in the creases there, Stu. Mm. That was Duke and uh, mm. Duke and uh, and. What Penn was State. the score of the Hopkins Notre Dame game? Uh, I don't I, I don't know. I'd have to mm. look. That's how he was works, it? Mike. Is he just throws crazy questions at you yeah. to distract you from what it is that your point was? It has nothing to do with the argument. He's just trying to uh-huh. confuse you with questions. Well, I know. I would like to know the score of the semifinal, the national semifinal men's Notre Dame game. Like, and Mike, you should know this. You it, was 12, nine. Hmm. it was 12 9. It was 12 9. 12 9. So okay. you're, you're, you got the wrong game. It was Duke oh, and boy. Penn State where the Duke kid was in the crease, and he right. was in the crease. And why? Why they don't have replay, that has to change. That was easily reviewable, and they didn't do it. Okay, you're right. I did get my games confused. But the team that you should have been playing in the national championship game was Penn State. And Penn State would have beaten Notre Dame in a terrible matchup. And therefore, it is under review right now with the committee. It was a great pivot right there, Billy. You you, you lost all credibility on that one. All credibility. What do you mean? No, listen, I just presented it wrong. I had it written down correctly, but I presented it the wrong way. And that's on me. So, Mm. uh, But you had no business playing that team in the finals. And because it's a final that really shouldn't have been the finals, the whole thing, the entire season, and your season included, including your national championship, it's all under review. Okay? Hmm. I'm done with you. Why? Yeah. I think you know why. (laughs) I mean, you won a national championship. (laughs) That That you're trying to desecrate. Well, I mean, listen, you won one national championship as an entire sports program. I think Quinnipiac has done the same thing. Listen, wow. you got to start with one somewhere, right? <laughs> yes. All right. But I wanted to let you know that I do indeed have a committee, and they are taking this very seriously because the committee feels like Notre Dame was playing the wrong team in the finals, and had they played the correct team, they would not have won that game. So my friend, your friend, our friend, 
Field Yates, who played lacrosse, loves lacrosse, and also has some NFL information. We'll let him be the arbiter. I feel like he might side with you, yeah. uh, but I am not certain. He is on my payroll, though. So that, <laughs> And by my payroll, I pay him nothing. So yeah. Field Yates gonna say, is going to join us next, and he will settle this debate. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality great taste only 96 calories it's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most a light beer that tastes like beer you don't have to choose what's best miller light has great taste and is less filling tastes like miller time to get miller light delivered right to your door visit millerlight.com gbf or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories per 12 ounces fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer All right, an old friend, Field Yates, is here, our buddy from ESPN. He is a football expert. He's a football insider, a fantasy football expert. He is also a lacrosse fan, a lacrosse expert, and a proud member of my personal record book committee. And so he will be the guy who decides here, Mike Golick, whether or not Notre Dame gets to keep its one national championship. Okay? One. Quinnipiac. (laughs) They've won a national championship. Mikey A., what were some of the other schools that won a national championship this year? One Uh, national championship. Northern Arizona. Yeah. In what? Won uh, the cross country. Uh Vanderbilt won women's bowling. Wake Forest won women's golf. It's uh, the Deeks. Yeah. It's a a list of. of, You don't affect me. Yeah, it doesn't affect me at all, Stu. You, You do not affect me. Notre Dame. National champs, end of story. Okay. Well, here's the deal. And Mike is right, and he was right to call me out last segment, okay? Okay. I had it written down correctly. I presented it wrong. Notre Dame had had every reason to be in the final. They won. They won going away, I guess, three goals against John Hopkins. Although, if you want to know how to win these games, do it the way Northwestern and the women did uh, in their semifinal and final game because they destroyed everybody. That's how you win a national championship. So, Notre Dame ended up playing – a team that really should not have been in the finals against Notre Dame. And so we bring in Field. Field will make the final decision here as to whether or not, because I maintain if Notre Dame played Penn State, Notre Dame does not have a national championship ring today. Okay? So How do you Field, maintain that? They were a five a Terrible seed. matchup. Uh, they were on a run of runs, Mike. I mean, no mm. one expected that. It's like the heat right now. Okay? Mm. And the uh, Cinderella team coming out of nowhere, and they would have finished that thing off against Notre Dame and your beloved Cavanaugh twins. I mean, those guys, are they twins? Brothers. No, brothers. No, uh, they're not twins. Brothers, they're brothers. They should be they're twins, apart. though. They look exactly yeah. alike. They, they do, and they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. But uh, Field is a, uh, he's a lacrosse fan. He played lacrosse. Field, you played through high school, not in college, correct? Through college, to gods. We, oh. I feel like we've had many conversations about how my alma mater, Wesleyan, I believe, didn't we play you guys? 
I feel no, like during my no, time no. when I, I think we may have played you guys when uh, down on a Florida trip one year. I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure we did. I don't recall a Florida trip, but there are a lot of things in college I don't recall. So that's that's fair. <laughs> You're very different ages team. also. So yeah. you would not no, have actually played apart. field. Field is yeah. field is way older than I am. So <laughs> right. you can tell uh, it's in the, in the face. So field, you will decide whether or not Notre Dame deserved to be in the championship game. Yeah, uh, we're not certain their opponent did. The better opponent did not make it because of a lousy call. So does Notre Dame in yeah. your mind field? Now, keep in mind, I am writing a book and this may or may not make the book, depending on, <laughs> on the outcome. Here. High stakes here. Yeah. OK, uh, does Notre Dame and Mike Golick Sr. and Mike Golick Jr. and all the Golicks get to keep their national championship ring? I really, I really think that there are a lot of reasons to believe that they should not. I mean, I'm with you. That was one of the worst sports calls that we have seen <laughs> in a long time, right? I mean, first of all, the best part is that when you guys invited me onto this Zoom, I assumed that when I joined, it was already live. So I went through my rant already once before, thinking that we were recording. This yeah. is take two. I'm not convinced this championship counts, though, because I was enraged on Saturday. Enraged on Same. Saturday. Same. First of all, I was supposed to be at my calmest point of the day. I've got a 16-month-old daughter who usually naps from noon to call it two, maybe three on a good day. That game on Saturday concluded during the nap. I started stomping around the house. My daughter woke up. Next thing you know, she's mad at me for waking her up. That was not a legitimate win on Saturday to advance to the national championship by Duke. If Penn State wins on Saturday, or if they at least have the correct call where that overtime is extended, are we sure that Penn State can't muster up more than one goal in the first half of a national championship game. I thought I was watching field hockey on yes. Monday when Duke had one goal at halftime. Right. And it's the it's the unsure and the unknown, which is yeah. why I'm not certain Notre Dame should get this national championship. I'm not certain they played the right team. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. you know, <laughs> you know the, the part that pains me most about this is that I do love the entire Golic family. And you mentioned the Kavanaugh brothers. They're awesome. They are total badasses, too. Yes. Like, play yeah. through some significant pain on Monday. And I, because of their older brother, who also played at Notre Dame, I feel like I've known about that family for a decade now. So uh, they deserve it. Who am I kidding? But uh, there you go. I know. Oh, you're going to give it to him? Like, at what point do you realize you're a Kavanaugh, you have red hair, therefore you have to go to Notre Dame and play lacrosse? I mean, talk about it's just just in your blood, right? You have to be there. I mean, (laughs) those guys guys are so much fun to watch. I mean, but but again, as they're they're obviously synonymous with Notre Dame, but I can't stress enough that Liam Eneman, the the goalie of how good he was in that game. I mean, to to, to hold Duke down to one goal in the first half, but you knew they were going to come back, which they did, made it a one-goal game before Notre Dame pulled away, and you just thought, oh, God, here we go again. Notre Dame's going to lose to Duke in the finals, but uh, good for them pulling it off. Very happy. I know we like to have fun. Obviously, you guys have as much fun as anybody. Uh, And I will say this, though. like I'll I'll grow grow a little bit sappy here for a second. in, in a world, and obviously lacrosse is different than, than so many other sports in this regard, but like in a world in which like a coach has one bad day and we fire him and all of a sudden we're on to the next shiny new toy object yep. as the coach, the fact that Kevin Corrigan has been there for 37 years? 35 years. 35, 35 years. years. Long yeah. leash. Yeah. Yeah. He's been there for, yeah. since the goal has got married, right? And yeah. Yeah. to see him... And there were some there were some tough finishes that you referenced, uh, Mike. Like there were some, there were some years where it was like Put a little bit of fresh blood, take this t- take this program over the top, and instead gets the first program national title. 
Maybe not the last because they obviously have plenty of talent on that roster. Uh, and as somebody who's loved watching the sport, I'd say the one thing about lacrosse that if I've ever heard like a legitimate pushback is that it feels like we're constantly going back to the same few schools yeah. that are national champions. But we have seen some recent fresh blood, whether it was Yale in 2018 or Notre Dame this year, where it's like, okay, there is room for somebody to break through the proverbial glass ceiling and assert themselves as a national powerhouse. Yeah, Even, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that happened because we saw Denver a few years ago get it, which yeah. was and good. Denver in the women's final four this year. Yeah. Exactly, but you know, again, what makes it tough is. So the final four, you had three ACC teams, you know, basically with, with Virginia and Notre Dame uh, and Duke. So that 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 makes it somewhat interesting for sure. Yeah, and the fact that you have the best player in the women's game, at least. I don't know where the Kavanaugh's are from or who the best player in the men's game right now. But Long Island. What a, gr- yeah. what a great – yeah, but what a great signal. If you want to expand and grow the sport, to have the, the women's best player be a girl who grew up in the middle of Michigan, not Long Island, not right. Maryland, the middle of Michigan, be by far the best player in the country uh, is really This cool. is a couple of years now, by the way, right? Yeah. Charlotte North yeah. from Boston College uh, yeah. over right. the past right. couple of years has been the best player. She's from Dallas. Yeah, she's from but, Dallas, you know, Texas. To have a now. Dallas and yeah. Michigan, and, you know, we've seen it, like, you know, you know hockey's kind of benefited from that, yeah. right? Whether it's yeah. Austin Matthews from Arizona or players of that, it's good to see the sports that for so long uh, we're so regional have become you know national and global sports in some ways. We'll uh, we'll get to some football here in a second with Field, but Field, you are indeed letting him uh, hold on to this national championship. Is that it's what confirmed? You're doing? Not Notre Dame national champions God, forever. Yeah. I right. might feel differently if Duke had won, just because Duke Fair. was the beneficiary of that questionable call. But Notre Dame handled the business. And okay. uh, one thing about lacrosse, and this applies to both men's and women's, is that. You got to earn it during that tournament. There is no cakewalk, yep. right? Yep. Like there's no, and I know we've seen some recent 16 seeds win in the in the in the NCAA tournament, right? But it's like there are times where a number one basketball seed doesn't start sweating until the elite eight. Lacrosse, right. very very different path. Right, uh, Billy. Perhaps if they cut Corrigan, fired Corrigan about 37 years ago, they'd have seven national champions. Wow, I mean, come on. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering. You Stop said it. he's been there for such a long time. Book. You just got one. What are we doing? That is just horrible. Is he the Aaron Rodgers of, of, of lacrosse coaches? Listen, Ooh. Billy put Kelly Amante Hiller on the hot seat merely for after winning her eighth national championship for not playing my daughter in the championship game. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that is fairly just. You're up twelve. Yeah. Give Rachel some time, you know. Uh, yeah, but was Rachel had she had some good run in recent games too, right? She played, she the, played semi- the national she, semifinal game. She yeah. got you know she got a few minutes, and that was yeah, more than we up, expected. You're up 12, yeah. 12 goals. Right. How you're not emptying the bench though? The bench is large in lacrosse. That's well. For sure. Listen, she's a guest on Stupidity. She gives a very good reason as to why she didn't do it. Nor was I expecting her to do it. But Billy had the balls to ask the question, and I had to inform Billy, hey, the person you're speaking to is in charge of my daughter. For the next three years. <laughs> I do have a I do have a quick a quick story about coach. I was at a wedding about uh, five or six years ago, and actually the BC coach Acacia Walker, uh, Acacia Walker Weinstein, who's obviously a terrific coach. She's at BC in five straight national championship games and won one. I saw her, and I was yeah, I was more I was familiar with the run she was. Uh, on a BC and sort of the progress. And I was like, yeah, you're doing an amazing job, like really setting the standard for coaching right now in the women's lacrosse game. Meanwhile, she was in a group right next to Coach Amante. And she was like, actually, no, I'm not. She's like, you should be talking to Kelly right now. And of course, you could have been more gracious or humble or kind, you know? And right. she's like, 
Now I've, I've got like, you know, whatever at that time, like just, just seven national titles. I think there was like a 100 game run where I lost like twice, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I safe to say that I felt like a little bit of an egg on my face moment there, but yeah, uh, a deserved title and uh, yeah. two of the very best. All right. Uh, let's get to some football since it is God bless football and not God bless lacrosse. Congratulations, Mike. You get to keep your national championship. When right? does God bless Thank lacrosse you. debut? I'll keep you out I of know. my book, unfortunately, it? although I'll figure out another angle soon. Of course. Uh, uh, Phil, what's going on? What's the latest here with DeAndre Hopkins? Is it Buffalo? Is it going to be Kansas City? What are you kind of hearing as it relates to uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Because, you know, we're less than 100 days away from the NFL, and that's a pretty yeah. big name to just be kind of hanging around yeah. uh, and have his services available for the upcoming season. So what are you hearing on that front? So do you guys remember when he listed his criteria which, of what he wanted recently? It was like yeah. great quarterback, great defense, great organization, right? I said this is like the equivalent of going house hunting. I want 10,000 square feet. I want two pools, not one, but two, one heated uh, and one outdoor pool that will naturally heat in the summer, three-car garage. I want a basketball court, and I want to get it for 10% of what it's actually worth, right? Um, I think the more important criteria that uh, needs to be established is from DeAndre Hopkins himself is what kind of money does he want? Right. And if he is willing to pay play for, I'm not talking about a million bucks a year, right? But if he's willing to pay for a, a discount, right? I'm just going to call it five million bucks. Every team is in, right? Every single team is in because every team could find some room in the kitty to pay DeAndre Hopkins five million dollars. The Chiefs included, Buffalo included, Philadelphia included. Teams that don't necessarily have the resources to make a lucrative offer towards DeAndre Hopkins. But keep in mind that Odell Beckham Jr who I know that this was a month and a half ago. He signed on Easter Sunday. Uh, prior to signing, people were wondering, like, I don't know, what do you pay OBJ? Like, the chance to make maybe $8 bucks, maybe 10 with, like, if he if he goes for 1,200 yards through incentives and touchdown incentives, he makes $10 bucks. He hadn't played at all last year. He got a deal that has $15 million guaranteed OBJ could have 10 catches this year, make at least $15 million from the Ravens. He has the chance to make up to $18 million. If you're DeAndre Hopkins and you're saying to yourself, I might not say, I don't have 10 more good years in me. I might not have five more great years in me, but I have this contract plus potentially one more. Maybe you're saying to yourself, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, I want one more proverbial bite at the apple. And then at 32 or 33, that's when I will go to the team that strictly offers me the chance to win. So if he wants to make the most money, I don't think it's going to be somebody like Kansas City. I think teams that keep in mind include the Cleveland Browns because of the affinity that both he and Deshaun Watson share for each other and the fact that like, not only does Cleveland kind of need more help with the receiver room, I, I don't like to assign hot seats on June 1st, but if you're the Browns, you've had Deshaun Watson, and this will be year two. If things don't go well, even acknowledging that year one was just six games under very unusual circumstances, if this doesn't go well, the Browns have no way to undo the Deshaun Watson decision, right? He's not only under contract for three more years beyond this season, it's fully guaranteed. Every single penny that is due to him is guaranteed. If you're looking to alleviate um, some pressure from Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski, the head coach this year, I think Deshaun, I think DeAndre Hopkins does that because if they don't win big, I do think Cleveland is an example of a team that might be saying, is it time for some change? So, you know, I, what what you said at the beginning of that field is 100% correct. And, and I've said this always about free coaches, whatever. 
what is that specific player or coach? What do they want? Where are they in their career? What have they achieved? What do they want? DeAndre Hopkins has been the best receiver in the league. DeAndre Hopkins has been on some winning teams. DeAndre Hopkins has made $114 million in his career. What does he want now? Is it the geography? Is it playing with friends? Is it winning a title? So if it's winning a title, he knows he may have to take less money, and then it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo, it's those kind of teams. If it's, I want to make more money, then it's going to be one of those other teams. Could it be a Cleveland Brown team or Browns team? Who knows? You know, people mention the Giants. I don't see any reason why I go to the Giants unless they were going to pay him big bucks. So this all comes down to what does he want with his career? The only thing missing right now is a ring. So does he want to go get a ring? Well, if he wants to go get a ring, he's not going to the Giants, not going to the Browns. I, at least I don't think it's Buffalo or it's Kansas City as long as he's willing to probably take a little less money. So that's what we don't know. We don't know what's in DeAndre Hopkins' head as far as what he what is fueling him for his next team. And I'm never going to devalue when a player says things that are, I think, commendable when you say, hey, you know, I want to have a great defense and a great quarterback and a stable organization. But when asked what does a player, what, what do you want in your next team? Maybe I'm just misremembering, but like how many of the players have said, like, I want the most money? Yeah. And it, none. Like it's it's very no. rare, right? Yeah. And yet what drives ninety-five percent of free agent decisions money. during the office? Money. It's money. money. So yep. now if D Hop, because he's made a lot of money in his career, feels differently, I would understand it. But um until, like I think on a podcast, I would expect him to say what he said, even if the truth is that he deserves, by the way, to feel this way if he wants, he wants one more chance to cash in. Right. right, because yep. this this is probably it. I don't think two years from now he's going to have, you know, potentially twelve or fifteen million dollar per year value. But right now he might. I speak two languages. I, I barely speak English, and I speak the language of Tom Brady. <laughs> and Tom Brady has come out and said he's definitely not playing again, which means he's absolutely playing again. Yeah. Uh, Billy is with me on this. Billy has always been with me on this. Billy, it's happening. Well. I have a I have a question for you, Field, because like as I understand it, there need to be league wide votes that would allow this to happen. So why would other team owners just be like, yeah, sure, you could play if you want to? Well, I, I was actually thinking the other way is that I think that, and I I, I have been trying to get like a, a clear explanation on this, and I think because it's such an unusual circumstance, no one's been able to offer it yet. But if Tom Brady becomes officially a minority owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, would that prevent him from playing again? And so if I'm one of the other owners in the NFL, then I am voting in favor of Tom Brady becoming a Raiders minority owner, right? It's like, end his career. Like, there's no way for him to play again if he becomes this minority owner. That being said, if there's some gray area and the door is still open to him playing, like, I felt stronger about the chance of him returning once this Raiders thing came to pass because it's like, oh, he would go and potentially play for a coach that he knows as well as any coach in the NFL, not named Bill Belichick, that being Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo's foot right right now seems like it might be like halfway to being busted. Yeah. So, so I've been trying to find that out as well. And I, and I look at a tweet. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet from Andrew Brandt about yeah. this. I mean, Andrew obviously knows the business of the NFL pretty well. He said, regarding whether Brady would come back as a quarterback while owner or part owner of the Raiders, discuss this with teams when they were considering offering Peyton Manning 
a percentage of a team when he was a free agent in 2012. Andrew said it could happen, but the cap valuation would contain ownership share. So he gave an example. He said, if the Raiders are worth $5 billion and Brady put in 1%, which would be $50 million, that would be the cap hit plus the salary. So if he were to take the league minimum, it would be $50 million in this scenario plus that salary. Again, I've heard conflicting things that there has to be a vote as well. So I'm not sure. I, I, yeah. I honestly don't know because I've heard kind of, kind of con- conflicting results of this. Yeah, and I think because of just how uncommon this is, right? I can't, yeah. and maybe again, maybe I'm just, I haven't jogged my memory enough, but like, is there any recent example of a player taking on a partial ownership stake at a juncture where like returning to play was possible? Like, obviously, we've seen people go into ownership groups as right. former players, but often, you know, 10, 15, 20 years past their playing days. So uh, this never really came up. So I'd have to get some clarity there. But um, I got to say, like, like Brady's video this morning, like, I can't quite figure out what like someone someone tweeted this and I kind of agree with it. Like he almost looked like AI Tom Brady. Did you see him? His glow is like borderline AI right now. Right. Yeah, but I have David Beckham who's hanging around with him saying Tom looks really bored. Like that's you know, like there's a lot of signals, a lot of signs pointing towards Tom. And he's just never gonna let Jimmy Garoppolo have his day. He he, he never (laughs) Jimmy G is gonna be it's gonna be like twenty thirty seven. Jimmy G is gonna land like a two year deal with the Saints and Brady's just gonna (laughs) reemerge. I was down here for Mardi Gras, you know. I really like the city's vibe, especially this time of the year. Let's see what it's like in the fall. I think the other interesting and funny thing is, is it Fred Godelli or Godelli? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Godelli, yeah. He said yeah. that Tom has never mentioned an interest in broadcasting to him. I mean, it's I unbelievable. It's like, and by the way, how many, how many times do you think Fred and Tom cross paths? The Patriots probably played in, what, 50-something night games over the years? <laughs> I mean, it had to be close to that number. So I'm with you. Plus, Super Bowls that NBC covered. Like, you got to figure the guy who's overseeing the operation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Fred's been in multiple places too, by the way. So yeah, it is interesting. Maybe that's because Brady was too busy telling us about other stuff. But um, it it's just the whole thing is curious. By the way, how great would it be if he then took the job from Jimmy Garoppolo again? Like, no, kid, you don't get to play until I say you can play, and where I'd say you can play. actually, you know, now that go I get somewhere it, else. You know, what's going to be great is Jimmy G, who. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know how much time he spent behind the mic where I can really remember his moments, but obviously he's a handsome guy, presents well. Like, Jimmy G is going to land a gig in TV, and Brady's going to be like, you know something? After putting on the putting off the broadcasting thing for eight <laughs> yeah, years, yeah. <laughs> I really thought about it, guys, and I feel like TV could be my passion. You know, it's like Sunday morning, like Fox pregame show, Brady all of a sudden steps in. It's like, you know, it just felt like it was the right the time. The thorn in his side. I, I, have, yeah. I, I figured, Stu, you and Billy would think – Tom's playing again. I don't. I think he's done. I don't think he's ever stepping foot on the field. That's what he wants you to think. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. He's got right. me thinking it, and that's what's going to happen, though. I, uh, I hate to be right all the time, but you know. right. Well, that, but <laughs> that's what he wants you to think. Mike, we've been right every single time, me and Billy. I mean, <laughs> every time. Unparalleled success. Yes, yeah. we keep telling you that he's coming back. Uh, Phil, we'll let you go quickly, uh, but quickly on the way out here. The team in the offseason you feel like improved themselves the most is blank. Uh, so I, this is a little bit of a caveat is that like they had the they had probably the most room to grow, but the Bears feel like the team that maybe improved the most. I put them in the non the non Jets category just because I'm sure I, I know everybody on the show has talked about Aaron Rodgers a ton. Uh, but the Bears, when you have the number one pick and you have the opportunity to parlay that into a bunch of extra picks, you get Justin Fields. 
a difference maker in DJ Moore, address the offensive line in free agency, address the defense significantly in free agency, and the fact that you play in the NFC where like the Bears making the leap from three to eight wins is like a pretty straightforward, um, I would say like path for them, right? For the Jets to jump up by five wins, they would go from what, seven to 12? Like, yep. I'm not saying it's not possible. It certainly is possible. It's just that everybody in the AFC, it's like playing in the SEC West right now, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. even the bad teams in the AFC, like the Patriots are probably the, the worst team in the AFC East. And like, what are the Jets going to be favored by when they play the Patriots? Like, I don't know, three and a half points. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, like when the, when the 49ers play the Rams this year, what's the spread going to be? 12 and a half, right? Like the, 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 the path is just so much tougher in the AFC as opposed to the NFC. So the bears feel like a team that's made some big progress. And uh, by the way, has still a lot, they have a ton of resources to work with going forward that like they're going to make a leap this year. The powder is largely dry for next year too. They could be a team that is busy again next off season. All right. We have uh, just under 60, uh, 60 seconds here uh, field. Uh, your thoughts on the dolphins, their roster, their team, and you know, whether or not Tua could stay healthy because you he learned how to do judo. Yes. But first of all, that, I mean, the last part's easy, right? Like all of a sudden it's all, it, it's all solved now. Um, you know, like NBA has league pass and it allows us to like, you know, see teams that we don't see that often. And you can assess like this team may be terrible. Right. But like I, I randomly enjoy watching the New Orleans Pelicans or something. The Dolphins would be everybody's favorite league pass team this upcoming season because they're going to be like they were last year. So fun to watch on offense. I don't want to sound like a broken record because a lot of people have said this already. Uh, but Vic Fangio's addition, there are, there are three coordinator hires this offseason that are going to make a massive, massive difference. Big Fangio to Miami, Brian Flores to the Vikings, and Bill O'Brien to the Patriots. Given where those teams were last year to where they should be, the Dolphins' defense way underachieved last year. They should be terrific this season. Miami, I would say part of like the – I've got like nine or ten teams in the AFC that I think are true legitimate playoff contenders, and then probably like six or seven of those that I could see winning the AFC. If a lot of things go right, Miami is one of those six or seven teams that could legitimately represent the AFC because they're going to be nasty on defense this year. Billy likes to hear that. All right, buddy, where can people uh, see your work? Where can they find your work? What time can they check out your work? Promote. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. Field Yates on Twitter. Probably the easiest way to do it. But, you know, got the Fantasy Pod, which will uh, pick up its cadence more and more as we get closer to the season. The NFL Live in the meantime. So holding down the fort, trying, huge shoes to fill until Laura Rutledge returns uh, from maternity leave. Uh, so you can see me there daily. Uh, we're dark today, but uh, most days, other than when we have like College World Series or things of that nature, we're on from four to five. You can see right. the Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Dana Lopsy, Ryan Clark, you name it. All the really smart people there on that show. All right. Because you uh, allowed Golick to keep his national championship ring, your spot on my review committee is now uh, is now being reviewed. Okay? Wow. I'm just what? like, you know, but I love you. I love you. I, love you I do. I no, you don't. No, you don't. You're a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Best. Thank you, Field. Talk to you guys soon. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Field mentioned we talk a, uh, a lot about Aaron Rodgers on this show, and we do. And we're going to talk more about him coming up next. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Billy, why are you telling Chris Sims to suck it via group text? Well, I mean, respectfully, because he said that to me last week, I think, when he sent like a GIF and he was, you know, kind of bragging. I don't know if you know this, Mike. So Chris Sims does a top 40 list of quarterbacks every year. And we were actually thinking of having you do your top 40 linemen if you would like to partake in that, because we were going to kind of pick a category and we were going to do our top list too. So anyway, Chris does this thing and Chris, uh, you know, Chris likes to grind my gears sometimes, Mike, and he put Tua at number one in his top 40 quarterbacks, which was just ridiculous because he put Mac Jones ahead of him. So we were talking about it and we got to the bottom. We think that Chris may be doing this personally. So yeah. the video comes out about how it is that he determines who's a good quarterback and who's not and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Right. And he mentioned to his arm and how he's not great at the deep pass and how this was a concern for him and all this stuff. And then just today on NFL.com, a story came out and it says next gen stats is top 10 NFL deep passers of 2022. Number one, based on these stats that they used was Geno Smith. Number two was Tua ahead of the <laughs> likes of Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I mean, but this beat... was on the deep pass, the deep yeah. pass though. Yeah. Listen, I, mean, I need to, I need to go through the Tyree numbers Hill. here. I mean, that's all you got to do is say Tyree, Tyree kill that. And Jalen Waddle is there. Well, I need to go through the numbers because it's lots of respectfully nerd stuff that I don't understand. Just looking at it very quickly. And they have like <laughs> this percentage and then an X comp and a CPOE and all these types of things that I need yeah. to read into. But, uh, you know, this yeah. Chris Sims a, thinks he knows everything. So, A, I'm not reading into any of that. B, I'm not oh. making any kind of top list because I hate lists. Why? Uh, and Mike, I, the lineman I, I list, it. though. I hate I it. mean, how I many times it. in your life will you have to – no one's ever asked you to make a lineman list. Billy is asking you to do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I'm not doing it. Okay. And three, uh, how can you say respectfully suck it? I mean, you, you can't. <laughs> In the There's most no respectful way, way possible. No, you can't. You, you can't do it. You, you, that's like saying, you know, uh, with all due respect. Yeah. I mean, you, you're about to rip somebody. You can't, no. res hey, respectfully Could, suck it. Yeah, you can't do that. Could you flip it? Could you say, Mike, disrespectfully, I love you? Like, is there is there a way you could flip that? <laughs> Boy, that's interesting. I'd have to think about that one. That just kind of I mean, Billy kind of did it. He defended Mike before we started today and then said his, his kid shit the bed in the national championship. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. Respectfully. That, I, I mean, Mike, Mike would agree with me on that, Mike. Would you I not? Mean, I would, but my God, Bill, just any way the wind blows, huh? I mean, just you're just kind of flapping in the wind, huh? <laughs> Who's going to beat up Billy first, Sims or Golick? Why? No, no. I mean, that'd be like beating up. No. A kid, and that's so wrong. Yeah, you shouldn't be kids. <laughs> you would no, use nice Billy stance, to beat up Mike. someone your own size. Right? I, I would use I would use Billy to beat up Chris Sims. Yeah, I would <laughs> swing Billy at Chris Sims like a bat. Hmm. <laughs> Sims pulls out his weapon. Golik pulls out Billy. <laughs> pulls out Billy out of my holster. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny, uh, Mike. When you read some of the recent. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers quotes. It's kind of illuminating and interesting. And you kind of, you know, get some insight and gain some insight as to why Aaron was so unhappy uh, in Green Bay. When you consider uh, the kind of quarterback that he is, and when you consider that their GM 
uh, from 2015 to 2021 when Aaron was squarely in his prime, okay? More so than he is right now, obviously. Uh, Green Bay had seven first-round draft picks. They drafted six defensive players and Rodgers' replacement quarterback, Jordan Love. And that clearly, clearly frustrated Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, get me some help. And his GM refused to get him some help. And not only didn't get him that help, but drafted his replacement. And so I kind of understand why Rodgers would want out of Green Bay. Perhaps he could have handled it better, but I now understand and kind of see with, you know, with clarity as to why Aaron was upset and why Aaron wanted out. Well, when you see a player that that's getting up there in age, now we're seeing quarterbacks play longer, but still, he's been in the league a long time. And, you know, for him, it's about the championships. He's got one, and everybody was like, they were holding off on Peyton until Peyton got multiple, right? I mean, that's it's kind of like basketball players and quarterbacks, which I don't understand. Because to to link quarterbacks to Super Bowls, I think is ridiculous because there's offense, defense, special teams. I see it in the NBA because a player could be on the court for the entire game playing offense and defense. They have way more input does an NBA player than a quarterback does, in my opinion. I mean, you look at the first few Super Bowls for Brady, that was a defensive-led team for the Patriots. Right. But Brady gets the credit, you know, for, for the Super Bowl win. So when you are been in the league a while and you're trying to – win that championship that's your only goal and you're not seeing the people who run the team kind of with same vision that you have and when you're that great of a player going to walk into the hall of fame you obviously can have a vision of how things are going to go and you just say okay we're not on the same page here at all i i don't think gudikins is, is was trying to build a bad team do we think he was actually drafting and bringing people on that team to say i'm doing this to spite aaron Rodgers? No, that would be ridiculous. He he thought this was his best way to build a championship, which Aaron didn't agree with. So they didn't see eye to eye. So I get him wanting to move on. The end of this, it, it, it's like it's like middle school kids. Well, he was FaceTiming me, but I only have one bar or two bars here. So he was texting and I was texting back. I mean, come on. It, it, it sounds idiotic on both sides of that right. thing to say who was trying to contact who. But the overall thought of Aaron thought it should be done one way and the GM thinking it was going to be done another way, both wanting the exact same goal in mind of winning a championship, just not on the same page of what each thought uh, should be done. It's a fair point. Gutekis is not trying to lose. No, uh, and he's that not. Team, and that team did go to back-to-back NFC Championship exactly games. Exactly right. 13-3, and three, right? And Aaron didn't play well in those games. Right, right. right. So, I mean, that he was building a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl. So, again, he didn't do it to spite Aaron Rodgers. So, right. I mean, it's just a relationship gone bad. And, and I could see now where that team is, why, why Aaron was ready to move on. Are you saying that Aaron should have just shaked it off? Shake it off. Well done. <sighs> well done, Billy. The Taylor Swift reference because he oh, went to multiple Taylor know. Swift shows. Yeah. Are we believing in the whole Taylor amnesia story that's out there that people go to these concerts, they scream and they cry and they leave and they don't remember the concert that they were there? I mean, what? Did you see Did you see oh, Aaron at the concert? I oh, mean, yeah. whenever he was oh, yeah. on, I want it. I mean, <laughs> well, that, that's what some people said. Well, the reason, they, the reason they don't Allegedly. remember the concert is because of the chemicals that are in their body. I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, he treated a Taylor Swift concert the way I treat Dead & Company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I didn't know that happened at those concerts. Me neither, man. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, my whole family outside of me went to see Taylor Swift in Vegas, and they said it was one of the great shows. She, over three hours, she's going to make over $600 million wow. on this tour. It's unbelievable. Why didn't you go? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I like her stuff. I didn't feel like sitting there for three hours. I don't know enough of the songs. Oh, come and on, I don't Mike. need enough of the screaming. You know, I did. No, just, yeah. that's what you think going into it, and then you go to one, and it changes your life. I went that's to one in 2018. Like, oh, yeah, like like Jake, my son Jake, it wasn't as into her as as like Mike or or Chris or Sydney. And he did go, and he said, "Listen, I, I thought it was a great show. She put on a great show." So, how's it changed your life, Billy? I mean, I haven't been the same ever since. I would have gone this tour, but the tickets were so it? expensive, and then there was that whole Ticketmaster thing where you couldn't yeah, buy the yeah, tickets, right, and you're waiting right. in line for hours. And yeah. you know, I don't have so Golic money, so I couldn't go this time. Right, yeah. and you have been a different person since 2018. I got to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> Not necessarily better either. No, some people think it was pandemic related. It was Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you mentioned your goalie with the last name Entman, and yeah. it got me thinking you want to get a sponsorship done with him. And I am thinking, what is like if you because I love Entman's, I really oh. do. And I'm thinking if I could only have one thing from the Entman's family for the remainder of time, what is the thing that I would want? And I think I think it's those little cookies. There are a lot of things that get tension, but the they little soft really chocolate chip cookies are good. Those glazed donuts with the little pebbles like Glazed yeah. pebbles on top. Coffee cake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my the co- god. Coffee yeah. cake. I love the little cookies. Is like eating potato chips. I. Right. I. They give me those in a glass of milk, and I'm good. The good thing about that, though, Mike, is if you get them the Entman's nil money, yeah. Then in a couple years, you know what other money you can get them? Diabetes money. <laughs> it's all part of the long game. It's a long game. That's what we're playing. <laughs> It'll do it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just send them out to Radio Row. <laughs> wow. wow. Love you, Entenmann. Take them under your wing. Say, I, hey, listen, Entenmann, you go to the right side and you promote Entenmann's. I'll go to the left side and promote diabetes. And then I'll go to the right side and, and promote switch. beef jerky. And you go to the left side and you promote diabetes. Perfect partnering. Perfect partnering. <laughs> You've got this shit down, Gold. I missed Mike. So do I. He didn't miss us, though. No. I did miss you very much. Maybe not yeah. Billy as much after oh. this. Mike, why don't you promote your golf tournament and whatever's going on here uh, on the way out? I've noticed I keep asking where your golf tournament is and when it is, and I get no response. It's at, I'm sorry. Well, I invited you last year, you and Billy, and you guys blew it off. It's June 25th and 26th. It's right here at Notre Dame on their course, the Warren. Uh, so we look forward to that. Obviously doing Golik and Smeddy. Uh, on DraftKings, I do the show with uh, Mike, you know, with Gojo, as they say, a mm-hmm. big nickname there. Um, we so I do the show him. with him as well. Yeah, you gave it to him. So, you know, still pretty busy out there. But the golf tournament, the invitation is still open, Stu. Okay. Uh, Billy, we going? What do you think? Freeman's your boy, Billy. He loves you. Can I play with him? No. He, he doesn't golf. He doesn't. He comes the night before doesn't play. Can oh, Billy yeah. hang with we'll him? Just hang. I mean, yeah, we'll just hang. Yeah, we'll just hang. Absolutely not. Oh. Absolutely I mean, not. No. no, no shot. No. Billy cannot hang out with him. I mean, will not even. Well, I will not even introduce Billy to him. How about this Just, Corrigan guy who's been around for forty years and only won one national championship? Going to try and get Corrigan there as well. No, Billy will not be allowed in front of anybody because he will embarrass me. All right, six twenty-five, six twenty-six. Billy, I don't know. What are you thinking? Uh, dead shows? I think I have dead shows. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Hate you all. Where's Taylor that week? <laughs> I miss Mikey A. 
God bless lacrosse, Mike. Disrespectfully. (laughs) God bless you guys and football. Yeah, we love you. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years, and then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com